And today we're continuing in the book of Acts, chapter 3, the first verse. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. A man, lame from birth, was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This time through, (laughs) I'm hearing an ora et labora vibe. This time through, when we, when we heard this passage, they were on their way to pray. They were on their way to pray, the normally prescribed time to pray. And that, you know, these, these holy, sorry, or, or labora is uh, work in prayer. It's this Benedictine uh, spirituality where prayer and acts are linked together. And that's when we can get kind of a synergy between prayer and action that's when, that's when the Holy Spirit's really cooking in us. And I just noticed that the first time. It's like they're on their way to pray. That was their intention. And then, you know, what, if they were on their way to McDonald's or if they were on their way to someplace else, maybe, I don't know. I mean, they're still humans, but it was just interesting that they were on their way to pray that I heard that this, this really cool miracle happened. I don't know. I, noticed, I, I didn't notice that the, the first time. Yeah, I guess for me, it's, it's the shock that this happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that as a, a pastor who would like to think I've been a follower of Christ for a long time, or uh, even that he claimed me when I wouldn't claim him. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but then to, to know, so here they are, and they offer this man, they say, I don't have anything, and yet what I have, which is, kind of an interesting sentence on its own. Uh, What I have, I give to you. I don't have any money, but I give what I have, I give you Jesus. Stand up and walk. And I think in all my years of following Jesus, I don't know that I've done anything uh, like that or even have tried when I perhaps should have. I I just think about like the number of times, for instance, my son playing in the backyard falls and skins his knee. I've never said to him, well, son, I haven't any band-aid for you, but in the name of Jesus Christ, I say your knee will be healed. You know, it's not even something I've, I've contemplated. Um, but 
perhaps it should be something that I do or, or at least try. Um, and I think of part of that's bent on, I have expectations of the outcome of what would happen if I did something like that. Like I just can't believe that something like that would, would happen and so therefore I don't try that a lot of the time. I mean, I imagine being with a hospice patient or something and, and trying something like this and how, how frustrated it would be, you know, if, if nothing happened that I could perceive. Well, and what I think is interesting, I've heard stories of pastors who will do that and they will come in and in what would seem to be um, pretty clear situation that this is not going to change um, in that hospice type situation and claimed that Christ was going to physically be healing them. Um, that, that becomes a real, a real challenge because you are setting yourself up and Christ up to be perceived as a failure. I think a really powerful witness, you know, we're talking about last week, Jesus says to the disciples, uh, you will be my witnesses to the end of the earth. And here they are witnessing to not their own power, but Jesus' power, what Jesus is going to do. Um, and so the expectation is on, uh, they're put, the, the disciples are putting the expectation upon what Jesus uh, chooses to do. Yeah. And I, I think of a, a witness that a friend of mine, I, I feel it's okay to share here because he's shared it publicly several times, but he talked about a couple different instances of healing in his life. And he talked about um, a, a miraculous healing of his son who had fallen off of a ladder and, and broken his back and was miraculously healed. And, um, and then he talked about his wife who he lost to cancer. And he says, and yet at the same time, I can't say in that situation that my wife wasn't healed. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, um, we have expectations about when and how healing is going to take place, but God does in fact heal. Uh, but it's not always on our timetable. Sometimes it's in this lifetime. Sometimes it's in the life to come that the healing happens. Um, and so I, you know, that's part of my frustration in this text is I have expectations on when and how healing should take place and have hoped for it and um, not seen it. But that was more about my personal expectation than it was anything to do with, with Christ and what Christ can or can't do. And I've got it stuck in my craw, pastors. I'm sorry, but I, I just see this pattern of prayer and action. Like the prayer, uh, you know, when we're rooted in prayer, when, you know, when we're reading scripture and responding to that with prayer, um, that's when we get our expectations changed, right? Like mm -hmm. I think we've all been in meetings. Um, I, I've noticed that most of meetings where if if you do a little Bible study or you sort of get God involved a little bit on the front end, and then all of a sudden you have a little bit more room for a God's abundance, the room for the Holy Spirit. You know, what if God really is involved in this? Um, you know, that's, that's where expectations, you know, that's where expectations can, can really shift. And if, if our lived experience isn't formed in prayer, it goes unsanctified. And if our prayer is not grounded in, you know, and our lived experience, then it's kind of a, a banging gong. But I just see, I see so much, um, you know, prayer forms our expectations. Prayer forms, you know, um, 
prayer for, you know, if we, if we give God room to show up, God might show up, you know? And prayer, in my opinion, you know, reading scripture and, and, and believing that God keeps his promises um, and, and prayer is what forms those expectations. Yeah, I, I've, I've read this text several times through already and not once picked up on, they're on their way to prayer, so that's interesting, important. I'm no. a nerd. Yes. I'm a church nerd. I'm a church nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. Right. And I, yeah, I was going to say, of, of all of us in this conversation, I, I know the one who would be the one to observe the hours of prayer, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh. One of the things I know that you guys are on the same page with me about is we, we, if you're, if you're, dear, dear listener, if you're out there and you've tried to heal someone and then they haven't been healed, or if you've prayed earnestly for someone that you love in your life and they haven't been healed, that's not a, um, that's not a conviction of you or your faith. It's just not what God has in mind. And, and that's a hard thing, but um, I know that there's a temptation sometimes to feel like if we had just prayed hard enough or if we had just prayed in the right way, that grandma would have gotten better or Susie uh, could walk again. And um, yeah, just there's, there's, there's always a good way. Christians can always find a way to beat themselves up with even the best of news like in this passage. And I would just invite you not to do that. Yeah. You know, this, this one and this idea of healing and having enough faith reminds me of a story from Mark where Jesus comes, comes ashore, I think, and the, the uh, leader of the synagogue comes to him and says, come and heal my daughter. And Jesus says, yeah, I will. And then he's walking through the crowd and it's a huge crowd. And that woman who's been ill for 12 years just says, oh, if I just touch his cloak, I'll be healed. And she touches it and she's healed. And then there's the conversation with Jesus. And then somebody from the synagogue leader's home shows up and says, hey, your, your daughter has died. And and then uh, Jesus says, you know, don't, don't be afraid, uh, only believe. And they go to his house and they, uh, Jesus tells her to get up. And she gets up and she's alive. You know, and I always use that text to talk about the different ways in which God heals. Sometimes it is a physical healing in our presence today. Other times it's the healing in the resurrection. Yeah. Because that's really what Jesus did for that little girl was resurrect her. Um, and that is what we have to look forward to in the end. Not resurrection to this same old life, but to mm. a totally different and new and glorious life. And like you say, we have our expectations of what we want, but that's not our choice. Yeah, it goes back to Peter's words here of, um, I don't have anything, but what I have I give. You know, and again, an indication of, well, one, that there's this, God uses this state of emptiness or what seems like 
nothing seems to be. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite story to look for throughout Scripture, God creating out of nothing. So there's that little bit in this story. Uh, but that what they give is not their own, um, and so therefore they also can't set expectations on it beyond what God has promised. Yeah. Hmm. And it really helps if you've been in prayer a lot about that to be open to that. That's right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Name a time when you healed someone. And we, and to think about healing as what exactly does that mean? Are there, is there more than one way that healing can happen? And as we've been talking about in this podcast, does that prayer sometimes get answered in a different timeline? Or even in a, we ask for healing and God does heal, but it's not in the way that we expected. My question would be, when was a time that God did not meet your expectations and how did you respond? Um, was there a time when God did not meet your expectations and you're still angry? You know, sit with that. Was there a time that God didn't meet your expectations and you were mad for a while, but then all of a sudden you realize that God gave you more than you could ask or imagine, which we're told that God is capable and really likes to do. Um, when have you been? Have you thought about that? When you were disappointed, and then you look back and say, "Oh, maybe, maybe things actually would I want my life any different now?" So just get in touch with those times when you had expectations, and and what was it like when they weren't met, and have they been met since then? And if not, how do you feel about that? We asked the question: Have you ever healed someone? Have you ever been healed? And how would you describe it? Um, you know, and uh, what, what way and fashion did it play out? Was it instant like in this story? Or has it been something? Or is it something that's perhaps ongoing? Mm -hmm.